Welcome to the Nutritionista podcast, your new health and wellness resource made for women like you who are constantly on the go 24-7, chasing your dreams or just chasing your children or even those of us who manage to do both. This podcast is dedicated to helping you achieve your ideal level of health and happiness. We break down everything from nutrition, hormones, relationships, business, and travel to manifestation and wellness. If you're ready to start evolving into your best possible future self, the one that effortlessly attracts success, fulfillment, and happiness into their lives, listen up. You're in the perfect place, and it's time to start living like this version of yourself right now. The show must begin. Let's do this. Welcome back today to another amazing episode of the Nutritionista podcast. We hugely value your time and we're so excited you've come back to listen to us again. Today, Rani and I wanted to talk to you about what I refer to as the mother load. Some of you will get that concept immediately, while others will wonder what in the world I'm talking about. So, Being a mother is one of the toughest jobs out there. It can feel like heaven and hell all at the same time with constant interruptions, a lack of control over our scheduling, and just there's too much to do while often being sleep deprived. So it's no wonder that many mothers can feel absolutely exhausted and generally depleted. They're tired is tired, I often find. But it's important to understand that it's not your fault you feel like this. Yeah, that's right. I find like one of the reasons for this is that mothers receive absolutely no training for this role. We basically have this baby and we're kind of expected to figure it all out ourselves. And like what other employer would expect you to do everything from day one with no training, especially when someone else's life in your hands and all this well-being kind of depends on you and falls on your shoulders. Yeah. How great would a training manual be? Like, here's your baby and here's oh, the training manual on why it's crying. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. But then, then there's so many other self-help type people out there telling you this advice and you're like, what works for me might not work for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you can agree. Obviously having way too many kids between us, yeah. they're totally different at the same time. So, so different. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for the other and why one's crying is definitely not the same reason as the other. But The symptoms of burnout in many of the women we see in clinic each day, they often feel like they struggle with the day-to-day demands of that mother load that we talk about. And it's, it's so, it's so common. So being constantly tired, finding themselves overwhelmed or anxious or depressed, um, they can be gaining weight with no explanation as to why they might have calorie counted and know what goes in as to what go out and the math just doesn't add up as to why they're gaining extra pounds they can feel mentally exhausted and just suffer from general low moods and no energy but the real underlying problem is not our day-to-day demands it's not how big our calendar is and it's often due to core imbalances that literally quite literally drain our body and our mind So imbalances go detected on standard pathology tests. So if you went and saw your GP to get annual bloods or just for a path checkup, we're often told we fit into the normal range and we just feel this way because we're either getting older, maybe our hormones are just out of whack and it could just be our cycle, 
or it could just be our iron levels are a little bit low, but they didn't test for that, but they'll do that next time. Or maybe you're just a busy mum with a lot on your plate and you'll soldier on. I hate that soldier on concept, but it can just be that we're just too busy. We have all the tabs open on that internal computer and things aren't getting done. So windows aren't getting closed. Or while we only get worse and our work tends to suffer, as do our relationships, whether that be with our friends or even ourselves or our partners, husbands, wives, whatever it is, and our relationships with our kids too. So it suffers as we're often a little bit more irritable. We snap a lot quicker. I know I do when that elastic band is pulled really tight, I do snap. And often we don't feel like we love who we are internally anymore or maybe how we look in the mirror. Yeah, that's so true. I actually went to my GP a couple of years ago and I was like, I'm exhausted. This cannot be normal. My bloods were like all fine. And she was like, well, maybe you just need to go on an antidepressant. And I'm like, but I'm not depressed. I'm just overwhelmed. And it's hard because you don't, like, you're probably the same. You can't take anything out. You can't remove your children, remove your job or anything like that. It's all up to you. And that's one of the other things, like, it's, you've got to find a village. So I, I think you and I are both the same. I don't have like parents, so I don't have parental support. Um, So a lot of raising my children has been done purely on my own. But it really does take that village to raise a child. But when it looks like a ghost town these days, like especially after COVID, you know, um, I was like in traditional societies, it was the whole village that got involved in raising the kids. But most mothers today, I find are raising their kids almost on their own. Um, Many mothers also make the mistake of not reaching out for support until it's too late. And I know I have been so guilty of that because there's so much put on us that we have to be perfect as mothers and we have to do all the things and if you're not doing school drop-offs or making the the best lunches or doing little bento boxes you're not a good mum you know but we've got to start putting ourselves first you know it's like you know when you're in the aeroplane and the oxygen mask drops and they say you've got to fit your mask first before you fit your children and like I like that is so true you know you've got to start putting your needs first you know not like always forgetting about everyone else but like you've got to focus you know on like looking after yourself because if you're not being your best you can't do your best you know um do you find the same thing Meg like yeah absolutely and it's often and I can always have that greatest intention to do that but then you know full well like kids get sick so oh yeah that I was going to have tonight is just going to have to wait because now I have to clean up vomit. And it's just yeah. that ongoing snowball, isn't it? And especially without family support or anyone to pass a baby off to or to deal with this teenager crisis, it is so yeah. bloody hard at the best of times. It is, isn't it? And like, even I find if I go and run a bath, there's always little sets of eyes coming in to see like they're missing, they've got FOMO, they're missing out on the bath. but like self-care is so essential um it's really important like to ask yourself what do I need right now even if it's just making a cup of tea going into the garden for 10 minutes or going outside or just having a moment of zen for yourself it's so important to fill your cup back up you know our brains have this negative bias that we you know works against us in a way and as humans we're wired to notice risks more easily than what's going right This means we worry, yeah, and we get stuck on the negative thoughts and miss all the good things, like our baby's little smiles and how good the sun feels on our back and 
you know, mindfulness can really turn towards these moments and notice that help to balance the scales a little bit better, I find. Yeah, sometimes it is just stepping back from that. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay to not do all the things, you know, to have a day off. And I find it's hard for mums. Like I feel guilty when I just am on the couch doing nothing and someone walks past and finds me like I should be working 24-7. You are so not alone with that because I often get stuck in the five seconds of you sit down for the first time all day at four o'clock. Yeah. Someone or hubby will walk in and I'll feel like I have to justify why I'm sitting down. It's like I know it's like I only just sat down. I'm getting up. I'm doing something. But like it shouldn't be like that. We shouldn't feel that guilt. Yeah. Mums also tend to judge themselves so harshly. And often we set ourselves stupidly unrealistic expectations and we're so hard on ourselves when we don't deliver those plans. Does that make sense? So cultivating that relationship with yourself and learning how to practice a little bit more self-care and self-compassion every day. Don't you agree? Yeah. You know, the thing is though, but there's just no off switch as a mother. You know, I feel like even when I'm asleep, I'm often dreaming about the things I need to do, which is just, you know, like I said, there's no off switch. Um, You know, it's great to care deeply about your children, but caring can also translate into having no off switch and everything else you read here kind of thing. Um, Turning that love you feel for your kids towards yourself can also help soothe your weary heart and fill it back up again as a much needed resource for that marathon of motherhood that feels like it never ends. Motherhood, as we know, is so all-consuming and so many mums feel like they lose that part of themselves. So it's that's totally normal to feel that way, but recognising it is key, I feel anyway, especially with myself. It's so essential to make time for yourself doing other things other than motherhood. So when you get a chance to either have a night off, have a morning off, any time, even if it's an hour, It's so crucial to do that and get support to be with your partner and your friends and really do those things you love or maybe just ask yourself those big questions. Who am I and what do I enjoy doing? So for me, it's reading a book, like getting stuck in a book. That's how I fill my cup on the daily. So it's to really recognize who you are and to be something other than just a mum. And it sounds really harsh, especially to all my women that are going through IVF and fertility struggles. So I always like to err on the side of caution. It's really, really important to know who you are first and foremost. And it's so restorative yeah. you can help you get back to that fuller sense of yourself to do so. Yeah, that's so true because, you know, like over time, we all become so physically and emotionally and mentally drained of nutrients and strength and vitality. Like everyone knows your stress depletes your B vitamins and things like that. And you need your B vitamins for energy. Um You know, the psychologist Rick Hansen calls this depleted mother syndrome, and it's crucial to regain that strength you need to be there for yourself and manage your caregiving role, you know, but like, it's hard because I find all these factors add up and you kind of get to that almost inevitable exhaustion feeling where you just, you're overwhelmed. You've got terrible health. You're not eating properly. I, I remember I lived for a long time just on the scraps of the kids' lunches. Like I'd make them their healthy lunch and my lunch was just crusts the bit of cheese they didn't eat or all that kind of thing. And I never put myself first. It was just what the kids needed, what I was kind of, you know, had to do for them. And then I was just the the, the scraps basically on the side. But there's like 
there's this spiral of well-being and we have to take the first step for our sake and our children's sake. Like they need a warm, affectionate, engaged parents. And it's impossible to sustain that marathon of motherhood unless we really start to look after ourselves. I remember a friend of mine said, you know, when you cook this beautiful dinner for your kids, you serve yourself the best piece of meat because you've done all this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would never think of that. I would probably serve my husband the best cut of meat or my kids, let them have what they want. But I've started doing that now. And it actually really changes my mindset. It's empowering actually, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because I'm putting, I'm doing all this for my family, but I'm also putting myself first. Yeah, adjust that crown. Yeah, I love that. And and it's funny too, because we were talking about this before we started the podcast, like the worth of a mother and just redone like our life insurance too. So it's funny when you sit back and think, okay, my husband earns X much, our mortgage is X and it's all those things you factor in. But when it comes to yourself, like we might have a, a, a job, not everyone does, but the women and mothers that do have a job, there's that comes into that factor. But it's also, we are so many people's little EAs, our little executive yeah. assistants. We manage and micromanage the lives out of everybody. So we're the cook, we're the cleaner, we're the taxi. We're yeah. all these things kind of rolled into one. And I think I read a study somewhere like our annual figure for if we were to be paid this salary for this job that we do, sits around 170,000 and it's the equivalent of working two full-time jobs. We're talking 90 hours a week. And yeah, that's been crazy. And you probably, so many women are nodding going, yeah, I told you so. Like I know this, but I find that's a conversation we really need to have with our husbands too, because often most of us anyway, feel like we're taken for granted a little bit too. So it's when you kind of see that on paper that you can yeah. kind of go, yeah, I hold <sighs> that holds his family together with the alphas <laughs> yeah I always tell my husband he cannot afford me like if he was having to pay for me there's no way he could afford his gourmet chef the living cleaner the daycare the I, I work as well like it's just yes, it's all the things and so many hats and that's one thing I talk about with all my women all the time like oh it's just all the hats and it's so yeah. hard to manage but we really need to remember I guess that we're not in this journey alone like so we really need to take note of that and rely on our friends our girlfriends our sisters our family whoever we have around us and many of us can kind of nod and agree with each other that yeah we feel that too so while we can often feel ourselves most days feel physically alone with our children or in our homes or just going through the motions and wearing all the different hats there is a community of women and mothers out there that are always going through the same struggles as us. And I think social media, as much as I hate it at the best of the days, this is where it can kind of really shine, especially for mums. It might be you're still in contact with people from high school or something, but it, it is that community of people together. So we don't have to feel like we're suffering in silence or feel like we have to do it all on our own. And sometimes even verbalizing that to your partner can be a huge thing. So reaching out, can yes be absolutely difficult especially if we're used to being the ones who always have it together like we're always meant to fit this polished picture of what a woman should be but asking for help doesn't make us weak and in fact it actually makes us so much stronger and I found so much power lately in you know demanding that someone else take this role over because I can't do it all I really can't I wish I could but can't and more to the point actually I don't even want to do it all anymore I'm I think it's just 
approaching that 40 where you're like, I, I, yeah. no, no, not today, Satan, not today. It's funny because you like, I, my mindset changed at 40. I just stopped caring about those little things that used to bother me so much in my 30s, like being the perfect parent, making sure they've got perfect lunches, like all those kinds of things. Like, I just, I've changed my mindset. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Oh, and I won't. But, um, too. It comes into that self of self self worth sense. So yeah, it's that's amazing. Yeah, but it's interesting because like I I joined a mother's group when I when I had my first baby and it just wasn't I just felt judged and it wasn't my right environment. But I found this amazing online group of mums and our online was on Facebook and our, our group was like crazy mums who get no sleep. And I'm like, that's my tribe. These are my people, not people like, you know, discussing, well, I used to like prams, but like, what kind of pram do you have? How much does your baby sleep? It was more focused on us. So there's a tribe out there for everyone, even if you're weird like me. Um, and there's heaps of other different like forms of support as well. Like, yes, you can join a mums group and it's great for new mums as well you can talk to a therapist or a coach or simply reach out to a friend who understands kind of what you're going through. And it's amazing once you do open up to your friends and you normalize it. I, honestly, almost all of my mum friends are the same. We all say the same thing. Yeah. There's also heaps of like online resources, like blogs, podcasts. Podcasts have saved me the last two years. Um, social media groups. I love my mum groups that I'm that I'm in um, where we can all kind of connect as mothers and share our experiences. And I think like, once we talk about it, we normalize it. And it's not like it's only me and you kind of, you share strategies and that kind of thing. And it brings you together as a tribe, I find. But um, like when I relaxed enough to see how exhausted I was and actually reached out for help, crawled back into the driver's seat of my own well-being and made more time for mindfulness, kindfulness and rest, it kind of got so much easier. You know, that fun came back, that little bit at a time. And now I just don't get so overwhelmed with the day-to-day -day kind of, you know, the waves that knock you over, so to say. Yeah. You know, there might be like churning waters on the surface, but underneath, I know that there's a calmness now. I'm like, you know what? If I don't do the laundry today, I, I don't care. It'll be there tomorrow. Or tonight we're just having pasta and cheese or, you know, a toasted sandwich. I don't feel the need now to be delivering this sort of self of, of perfection. Yeah, it can be. So exactly. To all the exhausted mums out there who feel like they're suffering from that mother load, we see you, we recognize yeah. you, and I'm high-fiving you because it's tough on everybody. So whether you have one child, whether you have 10 kids, extra hats off there but that it's just a lot like uh, everyone often says to me now oh you're superwoman you have four kids but that's been my normal before I had three yeah before that I had two and one was a lot like every new birth of a child creates a whole new mother so yeah. everything changes all around like we didn't go from one to four overnight so it's just it's a learning curve for everyone. So I guess the crux of why we jumped on and recorded this potty today, I just really wanted to discuss like maybe 10 ways that each and every woman that's listening to this right now can kind of create a little bit more harmony in their lives. So it's not about removing the stress because sometimes that stress is there and sometimes exactly the stress is finances, our children, our relationships, whatever it is. But I thought maybe we'll just discuss some 10 ways to create that harmony in motherhood what do you think Rani sound good yeah yeah definitely 
Uh, I guess the first one, the first step that I think would be the most, I wouldn't say the most important one, but it's just to manage that load of motherhood. It's just to honestly simplify our lives. And it sounds silly, but you can kind of take on a little bit less each day. So saying no, I found is a hugely powerful thing instead of trying to please everyone. I'm a reformed people pleaser, but you can't take on everything for everyone. So whether it's purchasing less clothes or toys, so having just come past the Christmas, that was one thing that we did a lot too, or reducing the number of after-school activities for our children. So obviously most parents just want to give their kids the best of everything and have them do every kind of activity they want to do, but maybe do they have to do five activities a week? I think not. But doing that, we're going to create a little bit more of those moments of joy and stillness within our families and ourselves, and it's okay to teach your kids that it's okay to be bored. And it kind of really spikes their creativity to do that. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? Because I always say to my kids when they're bored, I'm like, go outside. There's a whole world out there. You know, (laughs) we don't have to, you know, your entertainment isn't always just inside. But like I always, another one I think of is like, be open to adjustments. Like when things don't go as planned, it's, I find I get very stressed and overwhelmed. And one of my biggest things the last year I've been trying to do is like learning to adjust and just go with the flow not overthink it. And, you know, it's amazing. It's actually done wonders for me feeling more in harmony with myself and I'm better around my family because if something like it's raining and the day we're meant to go to the park, it's like, you know what, it's going to be okay. We're going to do something else today. Um, You know, it just means being open to making adjustments when the family gets sick or the routines out of sorts, or you begin to kind of learn when you begin to learn to kind of adjust and go with the flow more often, it helps you manage that load, the mother load a little bit easier. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I find too, I guess point number three would be have honest and open discussions too. So we've mentioned this before. So as mothers, women, friends, it's so important to have those honest and open conversations with those that matter to us. And I guess, and I'm not backtracking too, but sometimes if they're really hard conversations to have, I think things like social media and our phones in general. So it's often so easy to not avoid it by just putting it in a message because if that helps you with your anxiety or whatever just to have those important conversations but to step back and not have that one-on-one person-to-person conflict I guess so we just really need to talk a lot more in order to feel more supported and less isolated in our struggles. Yeah I like 100% agree like And another one is letting go of that perfection as mothers. It's so hard to let go. And I being like a perfectionist myself and always put that, and that's purely on me. It's hard to let go and it's hard to let other people step in, but it's also so empowering when you actually do start to delegate, you know, especially in those early months as a new mum or when they're in the early school years and things like that. Don't you don't have to have the perfect lunchbox. Your kids don't always have to have an ironed uniform. No one's gonna judge you. Like if it's that kind of day for you, that's okay. <laughs> we just need to let go of that the perfection sort of persona that we put on ourselves. Like it's kind of natural that we want to be there for everything. And we all just kind of we learn as we go and things like that. But like the kids aren't gonna be upset if they get a toasty. My kids love what we call scraps night. 
It's not where they have a dinner that's like, you know, three courses or I've gone and done all this amazing stuff. They love hunting and scavenging in the fridge to find something like a scrappy kind of thing and then turning it into something like leftovers. Or That's usually what I do with what you're doing today, soup. I'll just open the fridge and yeah. go, oh, these vegetables need to be used, get them out, chuck them together and done. That's a quick. Oh, well, that's what I did because it's raining today. I'm like, oh, I just feel like something warm and comforting. I was like, Yep, leftover roast potatoes. I've got a bit of bacon, potato bacon soup. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like that. Like I think the kids just—you don't have to always do every drop off, every pickup. Like I'm the kind of mom where I actually do late seats because it's overwhelming for me to go when all the other parents are there and picking up their kids and doing their meet and greets and that kind of thing. It's it's a lot for me because I'm just get in, grab the kids. Off we go back home in our own little happy place. And I think you just touched like letting go of that mum guilt as well because, yeah, I'm not the school mum. I can't be that and be a businesswoman and be everything else. So, but my kids, it doesn't bother them. It hasn't changed them at all. They love late seats because they've got their own little late seat gang now, as they call the scraps, the kids that are left. And <laughs> But, you know, like we've just got to take a step back sometimes, I find, like let go of that perfection that we put upon ourselves mm-hmm. um, when we take care of our family. Like it's it, it's okay to say no and not be perfect. Yeah. And I think you touched on something really important there about, yeah, feeling like you're just an anxious person and even being able to identify that within yourself is just amazing. So my big point here would be to prioritise our own mental health. So obviously when we stretch ourselves way too thin, we got mum guilt or we're just overwhelmed or tired, all of these kind of combine into that snowball of wanting to be that perfect mum or wife or whatever it is you're trying to achieve. So even myself having postpartum depression and anxiety in the past, it's just, it's a hugely prominent health issue that many women face. So we need to notice how much stress is on our plate and assess our lack of support if there is support and we just really need to focus on our mental health and emotional outcomes so whether that's talking to a psychologist or a counsellor or just even a healthcare practitioner that's often high but this is all what these people are here to help you with so it doesn't always have to be that way. That's so true like my psychologist Sally is just oh she's saved me through this whole last couple of years through COVID and everything but like it's really important to also set those healthy boundaries. The hustle approach isn't always the best way to manage that load of motherhood. And instead of just like you finding other ways to start taking on less during the day, delegating if you need to, but no, like there'll be so many other demands that we might not be able to filter out like work and things like that. We just need to have set clearer boundaries and prioritize what's most important. And it kind of means sometimes minimizing the hustle mindset, especially when you're a working mom to find a better balance. Like, the house doesn't need to be clean Monday to Friday. If you're not there, you're working. It doesn't matter. We can find or delegate whatever you can do. I find you've just got to start setting those healthy boundaries of this doesn't align with me. This isn't working for me. Like me, I don't want to do school pickup right at three o'clock because there's so many people there and it's busy and I don't have time. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And the next point is find stillness in that daily chaos. So just take a moment to just stop breathe if you practice mindfulness like inserting that into each and every day especially for me I hate standing still and not doing anything too so yeah I think 
is that was a really hard thing to add in, but I've done it in my own way. So it might not be the mindfulness that everyone else thinks of, if that makes sense. So just find ways to bring that little bit more of peace and stillness into your life. And that can make a huge difference in feeling more grounded and less overwhelmed. Yeah. Like I find like practicing self-care since mm-hmm. I've started to take care, more care of myself and letting go of the burdens of everything. I, I just, it's the only way I've been able to manage that mother load kind of, of everything you've got to do. And it's so easy like to put your needs aside, but making self-care a priority really helps you feel more refreshed and energized. And it's hard. It's not something that we're naturally kind of geared to do. I find as a mother, because we do put everyone else first, but like, even if it's just a bubble bath or if you can read a book, I thought like the last couple of days, I've just been grabbing a coffee after I dropped the kids off and sitting at the beach for like 10 minutes and just breathing in that air. And it's like the only time of the day I really do stop, but it's nice to reflect back during the day and be like, oh, that was really nice at the beach this morning. Or, oh, that sun felt so good. It's just, it's so important to like take care of yourself and to practice a little bit of self-compassion. Yeah. Um, number eight for me would be to connect with others. So if you can't do it in person, once again, this is where like online groups come in amazingly and you don't have to be best friends with everyone, but sometimes it's just that connection. So motherhood is blooming, isolating at the very best and worst of times. So knowing you're not alone is massive. And even if it's attending play dates, but then you have other women like me who have like teenage and adult children. So I find that comes with its own struggles for connection, I guess, because you can't really make new friends when your children are like 16 and 19. It makes it really difficult to go out there and connect with people. So I think just doing activities that bring you joy. Yeah, that's so true. And like celebrate those small wins. It's so easy to get bogged down by the challenges of motherhood, but celebrating the small wins can really help you feel more positive and accomplished, whether it's like they're trying a new food or they're finishing a task, you know, or getting something done on your to-do list. Really just taking the time to celebrate these small wins can help you feel more in control and less overwhelmed. I um, I find I, I have a little a list of what I do every day. And I love to just tick off those things each day. And it's like, I feel accomplished. They're my little to-do list wins. Oh yeah. That's like mum have a list of all the yeah. things you do. And when you cross them off, oh. that itself is so, it's so good. Well, sometimes I cheat and I, as I do things, I write them down to make it look like I'm... <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever works, works right? <laughs> I think finally is practicing gratitude. Yeah. So it's something that sounds often a little bit woo to people, but when you kind of really explain it and unwrap it, it really helps you kind of maintain a positive outlook on motherhood and life in general. So it can be so easy to focus on the challenges and the negatives, but taking the time to be grateful for those little moments and experiences in life that help you feel a little bit maybe more content or fulfilled. So whether you write in a journal, I even have some clients that still don't even have time for that and that's fine. But even just to take a moment in that mindfulness state, like whether you're just lying in bed, just thinking, oh, you know what worked today? The fact that I had green lights on the way to work and there was no tears that drop off for the preppy today or, hey, my adult children are still alive and they're thriving so I've done something great for the day or dinner was delicious. It's just those things that kind of bring it all in to wrap it up. 
That's true. It's resetting the mindset, I find. But by implementing these 10 tips, you can really create more harmony and balance in your life as a mother. And remember to just be kind to yourself. Take care of your mental health and celebrate the wins no matter how big or small. Just take it. Do the list. Cross it off. We deserve this because it's a mother load. Like we are busy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Rani. And I I don't know about you, but I'm really excited for the next episode. So I cannot wait to get the next yes. recorded. We're I know. Going- I'm loving this. It's like I think every episode we've got planned is even more exciting. So it's like, oh, I can't wait for the next one. Can't wait. Yep. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we can't wait to have you join us again next time. Bye.